Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. If I look excited today, it's because I am. We are coming to the close of an amazing series on the book of Genesis. It's been historic and a huge blessing because the series has been taught entirely by our Hope Sabbath School team members. You say, Derek, why are you doing that? Answer, we want to inspire you young adults and older adults around the world to start an in-depth interactive class. You can download the same outline we use here in the class, share it with all of the class members, and you can start studying the Word of God together. So we pray this series has been a great inspiration to you. And I want to welcome you to Hope Sabbath School today. Welcome to the team. Great series. Glad to have you here again. Special welcome to Sabina, who will be leading our study today on Joseph Prince of Egypt. Oh, it's going to be a great study. We're glad you're here. We're also glad that some remote team members are joining us. Puya, it's good to see you today from Hawaii. Glad you're here. Pedro, good to have you joining us from Maryland. Always good to have you. And Travis, all the way from Michigan. Travis, always good to have you. We're going to have a great study together today. And we're glad you're here as part of our Hope Sabbath School family. You are important to us. Sometimes people say, Derek, when the teacher asks a question, I raise my hand. That's great. We want you to be involved in the study with us. It is an interactive study of the Word of God. Amen. We're also happy when you write to us. You can write to us at sshope at hopetv.org because when you share how God's blessing your life, it blesses our lives too. Not just the team members here, but our media team. We're praying for you and we thank you for writing to us. You know, before I read these, I should tell them about a special gift. If you haven't downloaded that special book, digital copy of Patriarchs and Prophets, if, if you go to the link we'll give you, just go to sshope at hopetv.org. No, that's not right, is it? Hopetv.org slash hopess, our website. Go to our web address. There's a little button that says free gift. Click on that gift button and you'll be able to get a digital copy in more than 20 languages, it's available, plus audio. You say, Derek, that's great. Yes, and the first 21 chapters of Patriarchs and Prophets covers the book we're studying, the book of Genesis. There's actually 52 more chapters all the way to King David. So what a great resource for your Bible study. I hope you'll take advantage of that free gift. And by the way, you can download the theme song while you're there and the outlines. It's all on our website hopetv.org slash hopess. But now a few emails. Here's one from, I got to say this correctly, Chawanangwa. It means gift in the uh, tribal language in uh, Malawi. Chawanangwa writes and says, I love watching Hope Sabbath School. Listen to this. My father introduced it to me when I was a little boy, and now I follow it on YouTube. And I've made a habit of watching Hope Sabbath School on Friday evening, just like I used to with my father. Oh, Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I don't know if your father's still living, but I want to say thank you to the fathers who teach their children to study the Word of God. May God bless you and this study as we wait for the soon coming of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Chawanangwa, for writing to us from Malawi. Here's a note from Veronica in Australia. Mm -hmm. Veronica writes and says, I'm writing from Sydney to tell you that my husband and I really enjoy Hope Sabbath School. Amen. I'm so proud of the young adults who are spiritually minded. Praise God Amen. for them. Amen. 
We've been in COVID lockdown for months, so we haven't been able to go to church. Thank you once again for bringing the Bible study into our homes. God bless you all. Amen. 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 Veronica, thank you for writing to us. Greetings to you and your husband there in Sydney, Australia. Here's one of those handwritten notes I love to see because it, it lets me know that people want to be part of the miracle. Amen. And I just want to say thank you to a donor in Florida. And the donor writes and says, I'm so thankful for Hope Sabbath School, which started here in Florida. <laughs> well, that's true, isn't it? Actually, Stephanie, you're here yes. today. You were part of that original team that's right. that started there in Florida. And, and this donor is proud of the fact that it started in her home state. Mm -hmm. So thank you to you and to the team for sharing Jesus with the world. Amen. Amen. Enclosed is a small donation to continue the mission and a gift of $100 Amen. to bless the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. And we say thank you, donor in Florida. And thank you to each one of you. We're all part of the miracle. You can go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the donate button. Say, I want to be part of this impact movement, changing lives by the power of the Holy Spirit in 200 plus countries around the world. Thank you to the donor from Florida for writing to us. I was interested by this person's name. From Uganda, his name is Isa. Mm. Now, can someone tell me, Jason, I saw you kind of your eyebrows raised. Isa is actually Arabic, and Isa means, does any, oh, maybe you don't know. <laughs> I was thinking by the eyebrows you had a, 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 an idea. Well, I know what it meant in the Bible time. Okay. With uh, hairy and red, red it meant um, in the biblical text. Oh, Esau. Sorry, I'm saying Esau. Isa, I-S-S-A. Billy, do you know? I, th I think in Arabic it's Jesus. It's Jesus, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, it's Jesus. So, Isa, uh, what a beautiful name to be given. Uh, from Uganda, I would like to thank you for the wonderful work you're doing. It's building me up spiritually and teaching me more about the love of God for me and the entire world. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. Isa, thanks for writing to us from Uganda. We're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. One last note from uh, Grenada. That's an island, isn't it? In the Caribbean? Grenada? Yes. 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 And uh, Dunbar writes and says, Greetings from the small island of Grenada. Mm -hmm. I watch Hope TV and I watch Hope Sabbath School. Thank you for the clarity helping me to understand the Word of God. May God continue to bless you as you bless the lives of others. Well, Dunbar, thanks for writing to us, and thanks to each one of you. Brings a lot of joy, doesn't it? I see lots of smiles here in the group as we hear from you. You can write to us too, sshope at hopetv.org. Share how an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God is blessing your life. But right now, we're going to sing our theme song, and I love this song. The words inspired testimony by the sons of Korah, Psalm 47. My wife put a little tune to it to help us memorize. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He's a great king over all the earth. Let's sing it together. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is awesome, He is a great King over all the earth. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, shout to 
with God, with a voice of triumph, for the Lord most high is awesome. He is the great King over all the earth. For God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord most high is awesome. He is the great King over all the earth. Oh, God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph, for the Lord most high is awesome. He is the great King over all the earth. He is the great King over all the earth. He is the great King over all the earth. I'm looking forward to our study today. Joseph, Prince of Egypt, and Sabina lead us as we pray and begin our study. Yes. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much once again for the privilege of being here in this studio. I pray your blessing as we continue studying the story of Joseph. And in a special way, I pray a blessing upon each one of those who will be listening to this program, Father. May they receive, Father, new and fresh revelation from who you are and from who you want us to be. And I pray all those things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So my first job back when I was 18 years old was in a bank. And I was in charge of opening bank accounts. And it was a special job because even though usually they would only hire people that had already an undergrad, I had some sort of favoritism because I went to a foundation that was uh, funded by the bank. And because I was a good student, they hired me even before I entered undergrad. And because of that, I noted that there was a person working with me that was not very happy. Yeah. And she was also a manager. She had a position in the bank that was above me. And she started asking me to do some things that were not exactly part of my, you know, job assignments. Mm -hmm. And there was the, this one special day when she brought to me about 80 bank accounts to be opened in one afternoon. Mm -hmm. I started opening one after the other, one after the other. But I soon realized I wouldn't be able to finish that task in, in a timely manner. And she would keep coming back to my table and asking to me, Sabina, how are the accounts going? Are you going to be done in a couple of hours? And then she would just smile at me and I would smile at her. And then eventually I decided to stand up and go talk to my manager. And very you know, humbly I told her, I think that she's asking me something that is not feasible. And then immediately I went upstairs to the bathroom and I started crying and crying. It was my first job. I was still learning, you know, to manage those feelings and this type of pressure. And then maybe 30 minutes after, once I had already recomposed myself, I went back downstairs and there was the manager, the one that had asked me to open the bank accounts, seated on my chair doing the job. And then I went to talk to the other manager, the one that was above her, and she told me, don't worry about that. She's going to do the job. And she just um, probably realized that the other lady was not being very nice to me, and she protected me. Mm. So now, as we are going to study the story of Joseph, how things 
give a turnaround, I was reminded of that story. <laughs> you know, sometimes we are in a position that is not very favorable to us. Mm -hmm. But if we stay humble, God eventually is going to turn things around. Praise and that's God. what happened to Joseph. And we are going to be looking at this story. We already started studying the, the story of Joseph. We know that he is now already in Egypt. He was taken there not because of uh, some good intentions of his brothers. Right, Jason? Would you please remind us a little bit what brought him to Egypt? Sure. So uh, he went to go kind of check on his brothers as his father asked him. And his brothers had a lot of hatred and envy and jealousy towards him. They were originally going to kill him, but then they kind of captured him and then decided to sell him as a slave to Egypt, thinking, all right, well, we'll get done with him this way. He'll be out of our family. So they sold him as a slave to Egypt, and that's how he ends up in Egypt. But God blesses him while he's in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Amen. And eventually, it's true that Joseph, he rises to a position of power, right? When he was 30 years old, even though he was taken there, as Jason was saying, as a slave. And maybe let's start then from that moment. That's when uh, he rises to a position of power in Egypt. And that's in Genesis 41, 39, 41. And uh, maybe Stephanie, would you please open up that for us? And we'll be reading that. And I would like you to be considering already, why is it that Joseph was selected to that position, mm -hmm. Stephanie? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Thank you so much. So why is it that Joseph was selected then by uh, the Pharaoh to occupy that position? Verse 39 is very clear. It says, um, <clears throat> God has shown you all this. And so God gives us discernment and wisdom. Mm. And the Pharaoh was very mm. wise to notice that. Okay, so Pharaoh noted that there was something special in Joseph. Yes, Gladys. Well, in, if you read the verses before, you know, Pharaoh had asked all his wise men mm -hmm. in the whole court and nobody could answer. And now here comes this guy out of nowhere, you know, and tells him not only what the dream was, the interpretation, but also the solution. Mm. So he has to pick somebody that knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. So Pharaoh sees in him not only a blessing from a special God, but also some wisdom and ability as a, an administrator, right, Gladys? Yes, yes. Travis, I see your hand up. Well, um, I think there's a lot of things that probably, um, you know, we discussed even before uh, the broadcast or the program that maybe Potiphar had his, you know, some influence mm -hmm. and there was a lot of things uh, going on, but we can't help but know that this is supernatural. And I'd like to read a verse that I think really goes um, with uh, this study or with this idea can i can i read a verse from from first uh, peter chapter 5 verse 6 okay of course just give us a second to get there first peter and i'll be reading from the new king james version it says therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time it, mm -hmm. it seems to me that's what's happening to Joseph. 
Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So we see that there is God's blessing upon mm -hmm. him, that God exalts him, that he has a gift that he's putting available, right? And then let's continue reading a little further. Billy, if you would read for us, still on chapter 41 of Genesis, from verses 46 to 57. Okay, um, and I'll be reading from the New Living Transi Translation, uh, 46 to 47. He was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And when Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt. As predicted, for seven years, the land um, produced bumper crops. During those years, Joseph gathered all the crops grown in Egypt and stored the grain from the surrounding fields in the cities. He piled up huge amounts of grain like sand on the seashore. Finally, he stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure. During this time, before the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On. Joseph named his older son Manasseh, for he said, God had made me, has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my family's uh, father's family, in my father's family. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God, had, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. At last, the seven years of bumper crops throughout the land of Egypt came to an end. Then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had predicted. The famine also struck all the surrounding countries, but throughout Egypt there was plenty of food. Eventually, however, the famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well. Mm -hmm. And when the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, he told them, go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. So with the severe famine everywhere, Joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed grains, grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout the land of Egypt. And people from all, all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the world. Mm -hmm. Wow, thank you so much, Billy. So how do you see here in this story that Billy just shared with us, God's blessing? Yes, Puya. I see that God kept his promise of uh, the wisdom and uh, mm -hmm. special insight that he had earlier given to Joseph. I mean, Joseph could have gotten in trouble if his predictions did not come true, right? So here what I see is that God not only gave wisdom to special wisdom and insight to Joseph, but also God promised to Joseph what he revealed to him, what would happen. And of course, everything that Joseph did was blessed by God. And I think there's a specific word that say that it was like, there was so much grain as the sand of the sea. And that, I believe, indicates that God was involved every step of the way. Amen. Yes. Yes, Pastor Derek. You know, uh, Sabina, I just had an insight. I don't know how the group would respond or our Hope Sabbath School family, but we read other stories where when a person is brought to a position of leadership, I'm thinking of Daniel uh, after the fall of Babylon, and there's jealousy and rivalry. I'm thinking of Haman and his jealousy about Mordecai. And, and mm -hmm. we just read this like all of the Egyptians were going, praise God, we have a Hebrew slave now second in command. I, I just want to say whatever miracle happened earlier with the gift of understanding the dream and wisdom, 
he had God's protection too. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just don't want to take that for granted because I think one of the things we discover in life, when we choose to honor God, not everybody will want to be our friend. Mm-hmm. In fact, some will intentionally want to fight against us. Yes. So I just imagine, am I, am I, does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. I imagine that Joseph is daily praying to the Lord, his mm-hmm. God, yes. for that wisdom, yes, but also for the protection that he can be the leader God's called him to be. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. And I also see, Pastor Derek, that there is a special blessing also for, for Joseph himself because he experienced healing. Right. It, it says here in the passage that Billy just read that God gave him two children and each children had a name that was mm-hmm. representing a type of healing that God had just done in his life. Mm-hmm. Jason, I saw you had your hand up. You had some thoughts about it. Yes, uh, specifically on that idea of blessing. One of the biggest blessings he has here is family. And if we know his history and his family's history, family and having children is a big deal is something very important for his family. And so God lets him have children. And then even with these children, as you said, the names reflect sort of the changes that he's gone through, or not even the changes, the the experience he's gone through of how God has blessed him. He's learning to forget some of those uh, past negative things and then fruitfulness. Now God is blessing immeasurably, as we see here, not just um, in the terms of the goods, but also in terms of his own family now. Amen. So we are going to continue moving, reading the story. And maybe Gladys, if you could take us to Genesis 42, and we'll be reading from verses 1 to 6, and then verse 9. And we are going to find out that while Joseph was being blessed and being used by God in Egypt, something else was taking place with his family. Let's take a look there, uh, Gladys. Yes, I'm going to be reading from the New International Version, Genesis chapter 42, verses 1 through 6, and then verse 9. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you just keep looking at each other? (laughs) He continued, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us, so that we may live and not die. Then ten of Joseph's brother went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with the others, because he was afraid the harm might come to him. So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain, for there was famine in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. And verse 9 says, Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see where land is unprotected. Mm. So what is taking place then in the meantime with his family? Any thoughts of what you just shared, considering also this special dream that sounds like he's remembering of a dream he had back in the day, right? Yes, Gladys. Yes, he remembered when he was young that he saw... He was uh, the, the sheaves uh, that were gathered together and they bowed down to his sheaf mm-hmm. and also the moon and the stars and, and uh, 11 stars bowed down to him. So he remembered that. Okay. And what's the importance then of that memory? You know, mm-hmm. it sounds like he, yes, Jason. 
Well, that first dream is coming true here now. The sheaves are bowing down. And, and notice why they came to Egypt. They came to Egypt for grain. So it's even connected with the item um, that they are asking for that this dream is tied to. So it seems pretty clear. You can see the fulfillment of that dream right here. Okay. Yes, Joel. You know, what I see here is God had a plan for Joseph's life. And he's beginning to fulfill those plans that he revealed to Joseph in a dream. I mean, at that time, Joseph did not know that that was God's plan for his life. But he begins to see how this plan is fulfilling, mm -hmm. just as God has plans for each of our lives. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he may not show us through a dream, but he will unravel it before us. Yes. Mm -hmm. And why do you think that uh, he concealed his identity from, from his brothers? Because we are going to see further in the story that he didn't really tell his brothers that he was Joseph, mm. uh, the brother that had been left. Yes, Billy. Yeah, I think the key is in verse 9 where it says he remembered. Um, mm. Sometimes people who go through uh, traumatic experiences, um, they are, they, some things trigger them. Because it, remember, the last time he saw his brothers, they were forcing him into slavery. True. Uh, they were beating him or just you know, tying them up. So him seeing them again also triggered some mem memory and also his reaction was, I, I don't think I'm ready to reveal my identity now. So I think he's taking time to process mm -hmm. what he's seeing in front of him. Not only his brothers bowing down, like the miracle, um, sorry, the, the dream coming true, but also the last time I, that he saw his brothers. And mm -hmm. so I think that's having an impact on him. Mm -hmm. Yes, Nancy. Also, he wanted to detain them. He wanted to see if they had changed because that's really what we want for people when they've done something wrong is we want them to see what they've done, to recognize it, and then by God's grace to change. Mm, to change, mm -hmm. yes. Travis, I see you have your hand up. Well, I just wanted to make a comment on the, the prior question. And the Bible says that, that God gives um, prophecies so that when they happen, that we'll trust him. And I think that that dream given way back to Joseph, the confirmation then when he sees them bowing down was to let Joseph know that this was God's plan all along. And so I just think for Joseph, this was an aha moment that God has been with me all the way. Later on, he tells his brothers, uh, don't, it's not your fault. God had his plan. And, you know, this was God's plan to get me here anyway. And I just think that when prophecy is fulfilled, it's it, it's just uh, it just allows us to trust in Him. Amen. Yes, Pedro, I see you have your hand up also. Yes, one thing that I I notice here is that he doesn't reveal himself right away because he learned from his father and his grandfather to go to God first. And I believe as Joseph has filled his life with prayer, he probably said, "I need time to pray." I see a revelation from God in my life. And I don't want to take the wrong move. So he reframed himself mm. in order to go to God. And I see his life of prayer and here nothing changes. Mm -hmm. Good point. Thank you so much. Yeah, such a good point. Thank you, Pedro. And so it sounds like God is teaching all of them some lessons, right? Do you see any lessons here special to the sons of, of Jacob? What are some? Of, yes, Puya. Hey. Can I read verses 21 to 23? And I believe this will point out the lesson they are learning in this process. Of course, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is Genesis 42, verses 21 to 23. Um, 
then they said to one another we are truly guilty of guilty concerning our brother for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us and we would not hear therefore this distress has come upon us and reuben answered them saying did i not speak to you saying do not sin against the boy and you would not listen therefore behold his blood is now required of us but they did not know that joseph understood them for he spoke to them through an interpreter and what i see here is that even though it probably has been many years perhaps about 20 years now through this process of joseph pretending you know to not know them and you know uh, taking them as captive for the meantime is reminding them again and I, I believe it's safe to say that even though Joseph experience Joseph's experience has been very difficult the guilt the burden of guilt that these you know sons of Jacob were having to endure for all those years was probably as you know difficult as much as what Joseph went through in many ways the the burden of sin and guilt and condemnation because of what they have done it shows that definitely they have not forgotten about it too Mm -hmm. Yes, Pastor Derek. I, I like verse 24. It says he turned away and wept. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm wondering why Joseph wept. And back to what someone said earlier about Joseph had experienced some healing himself. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if he longed for his brothers to experience mm -hmm. that same healing. Mm -hmm. Because as we go in our study, several times he has to remind them That's that right. he's not going to hurt them. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really like what Pedro said about Joseph really saying, I need time here to pray and ask mm -hmm. God what to do. But deep in his heart, I believe he wanted them also mm -hmm. to experience the forgiveness, cleansing and healing Amen. that only the Lord could give them. Amen. So it sounds like God not only wanted to bless Joseph, but also the rest of his family in spite sure. of all what they have done, right, Pastor Derek? Yes, Gladys. Yeah, healing begins with recognition of what has been done wrong. True. And I think that the whole process, as we see in the story of Joseph, he took them through that process step by step, mm -hmm. having them recognize what they had done wrong mm -hmm. and, and just live through the same thing that they put Joseph through. You know, they had, now they're being accused when they were not guilty according to themselves the same thing that they did to Joseph. So that's part of the healing process that Joseph is putting them through. Mm -hmm. And it is a testament, like Jason said, that he had experienced healing in his life already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so Praise much, God. Gladys. And so as we continue reading this story, we are going to learn that there's one of the brothers that was absent, right? Mm -hmm. Who is the one missing? Who is the person missing here in the group? Benjamin. 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 Well, let's uh, read then Genesis 42, 14, 24, and we are going to find out whether Joseph was missing Benjamin or not and what he wanted about Benjamin. Maybe Jason, if you would turn us uh, to Genesis 42, 14, 24. All right. The New King James Version says in Genesis chapter 42, verses 14 through 24, But Joseph said to them, It is as I spoke to you, saying, you are spies. In this manner, you shall be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother, and you shall be kept in prison, that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you, or else, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. So he put them all together in prison 
three days. Then Joseph said to them the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses, and bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, We are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy, and you would not listen? Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. And he turned himself away from them and wept. Then he returned to them again and talked with them. And he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much, Jason. Mm. So what is taking place here? What is it that Joseph is doing to compel his brothers to bring Benjamin to visit with him? Yes, John. No, we see here that Joseph is testing his brothers uh, to notice how they have treated uh, his younger brother, Benjamin. You know, Joseph and Benjamin are the sons of uh, Rachel. So they are blood brothers. So they want, so he wants to uh, see Benjamin before they approve or he approves of their request. Mm, okay. Any, any other thoughts about these events here? You know, that's an interesting comment that John made. Um, they were so uh, merciless with him. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how did they and how are they treating Benjamin? Is he even alive? I mean, they're saying there's one other with the father, but I, I genuinely, I would agree. He's very concerned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the condition of his brother Benjamin? Yes, I, I can only imagine. It was a special brother and he was also a special son, right, Pastor Derek? Because it sounds like Jacob also was not willing to let uh, Benjamin go, right? Yes, Jason. And these brothers have a long history of deception and deceit mm. and saying things when they don't mean it. And I think Joseph probably knows this about his family. And so he's also giving them an opportunity. Are they going to keep with their deceit and deception or are they going to be honest? Mm, okay, yes. Mm. Yes, Nancy. Also, he knew that eventually they would get hungry and they would have to produce the brother. So, <laughs> <laughs> or the no. truth. Otherwise, right. <laughs> yes. So let's turn to Genesis uh, 42. 36 and 38, and we are going to find out what is Jacob's reaction to this special request. Maybe, um, Pedro, if you could read that for us, uh, Genesis 42, 36 and 38. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, um, and it says, verse 36, And Jacob, their father, said to them, You have bereaved me, uh, Joseph is no more. Simon, Simeon is no more, and I want to take. And you want to take Benjamin? All these things are against me. Then Reuben spoke to his father, saying, "Kill me, or kill my two sons, if they do not bring back to you. Put him in, into my hands, and I will bring him back to you." But he said, "My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is, is left alone." <laughs> 
if he if any calamity should fall before him along the way in which you go then you will bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave mm -hmm. thank you so much so how is it that jacob is responding to this request mm. well you you see that i think that jacob was also remembering mm. that he sent joseph to look for his brothers and he didn't come back mm -hmm. so now he's afraid of sending the other one and that he will not come back. So there is fear. And even though he didn't truly know what the brothers had done to Joseph, I think that just the fact of letting go of Benjamin in the hands of the brothers, that was not something that he was willing to do. Oh, yes. And how is it that he changes his mind? Does he ever allow Benjamin to actually go and do this journey to Egypt? Yes, they got hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So what happens then? See, when they get hungry, um, what, what, how does the story follow? Yes, Pedro. It's interesting here that we, we have a family that have problem with trust. And, you know, we see Joseph, even though he's wanted to help his brothers, he has a trust issue and he wants to reaffirm trust. And his father, J uh, Jacob, is trying to also... Uh, find trust in this in his sons and Reuben doesn't help but when uh, Judah comes in and Judas uh, uh, comes with his proposal says we have we have almost no more food we need to do something uh, his bro his father changed his mind and send his son upon Judah's hand mm. okay that's that's a really important comment and passage there maybe we should read together that Pedro from Genesis 43 and maybe, John, if you will read for us, we are going to be reading from Genesis chapter 43, and then we have verse 1, and then verse 12 and 13, please. Okay, Genesis chapter 43, verses 1, 12 and 13, from the English Standard Version. Mm -hmm. It tells, now the famine was severe in the land. And then uh, verse 13, and 12, 12 and 13, take double the money with you, carry with you the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks, Perhaps it was an oversight. Take also your brother and arise. Go again to the man. Mm. Mm. Okay. Sabina, verse 14 is crucial. I wish John could yes. read that too, because yes. I think something is changing in Father Jacob, now mm -hmm. called Israel, yeah. that he's not just scheming. Mm -hmm. So maybe we should hear mm -hmm. verse 14 too. All right, verse 14. May God Almighty grant you mercy before the man, and may he send back your other brother and Benjamin. And as for me, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. Mm. Wow. Mm. So eventually Jacob changes his mind. He opened up for the possibility of sending Benjamin to Egypt. And he makes this very special prayer. And I'm wondering, what are your thoughts about this prayer? Yes, Stephanie. It seems like he's coming to terms and really surrendering mm. Benjamin. Yeah. Whatever happens, I'm trusting God. Yeah. And that's surrendering himself too, isn't it? That's yes. right. It is surrendering his children, but it's also yes. as a father who's been overly protective, yeah. at that's least right. it seems for Joseph mm -hmm. and Benjamin, is also surrendering his own heart. And it's interesting that he calls the Lord El Shaddai. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God Almighty. God Almighty. Amen. Who was revealed to him. So I, I think that's a beautiful... Mm -hmm. surrender mm -hmm. yeah. to the 
to the power of God. Yes. Yeah. Travis, you have a comment also. We can read at the end of verse uh, at the end of verse 14. It seems like there's some unbelief. And as I was um, looking at this and studying this, I thought, does he distrust God? Because he says, if I'm bereaved of my sons, if they die, they die. And I thought to myself as I was studying, I didn't think that that Jacob distrusted God, but I felt that he distrusted his sons. Um, because at first I thought, did he distrust God that he would say, if they die, they die. But I thought, as uh, was mentioned earlier by Jason, they had a reputation of being dysfunctional. And um, I, I just think that, well, he trusted in God. He, he didn't trust uh, his sons. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yes, Jason. And if you look at the history of Jacob, this overprotectiveness has extended ever since he was a child. He was overprotective of trying to get the birthright and overprotective of how he related to his whole family. So Jacob has had a hard time with letting go. Mm -hmm. And so this seems like a point where he's finally starting to accept God's will instead of his own plan because Jacob always tries, he's the schemer. He likes to try <laughs> to do his own plan. So he's yeah. starting to accept and just let it go in the hands of God instead of his own plans. Mm. So it sounds like God not only had a plan for Joseph and for the people of Egypt, but also for the entire family, not only the siblings, but also even for Jacob, right? That's so right. Jacob also was loved by God. Right. And also God had some work to do in Jacob's heart yeah. through the situation. He mm -hmm. could make start these changes, right, Jason? Yeah. Uh, I see your hand up, Puya. Yes, Sabina, you asked the question, what thoughts, you know, uh, came into your head as you're reading through this prayer of uh, Jacob submitting to God? This reminds me of my father, uh, my dad, who prayed for me before I uh, left Maryland uh, to come to the state of Hawaii to serve as a pastor. I mean, previously I've, you know, served as a pastor, but it was close to the area of the East Coast in the United States. And I guess we, I, we, I was able to see my parents from time to time. But now that I was going to be far away in an, in an island state, my dad was very concerned, you know, for my uh, future and my safety and the fact that uh, I was not going to be able to be with my family close and, you know, close like before. And I remember my father's prayer before, you know, they, he dropped me off with my family at the airport. Normally, my dad would pray, you know, their God, their father in heaven. But this time around, before my father said goodbye to me, he said, you know, God of Abraham, God of Jacob, mm -hmm. you know, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. And he called on the God of, you know, Jacob here. And, and, and that was very meaningful to me as I listened to my dad's mm -hmm. prayer. I could hear, you know, the, the father's heart, my father's heart of placing his mm -hmm. son, me, into the hand of God. Like God, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to help my son or, you know, see my son anymore, but be with him. You know, you were with Abraham, you were with Isaac, you were with Jacob. <laughs> and I think there is a beauty in here. Mm. Yes, thank you so much, Puya, for sharing from your own story. And that's true. You know, usually mm. it's only when we are put in some pressure, under pressure situations that we may eventually have to surrender and give in mm. and let God be God, right? Amen. Stephanie, the story continues. We could keep talking about these events here, but let's look what happens when they meet again. And maybe if you could turn uh, to Genesis 43. And read, please, from verses 26 and 30. And we are going to see some emotions and events taking place. Let's look there. And the New King James Version says, And when Joseph came home, 
They brought him the present which was in their hand into the house and bowed down before him to the earth. Then he asked them about their well-being and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? And they answered, Your servant, our father, is in good health. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads down and prostrated themselves. Then he li lifted his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. Now his heart yearned for his brother. So Joseph made haste and sought somewhere to weep. And he went into his chamber and wept there. Mm. Thank you so much, Stephanie. So what are some of the emotions and do you have any thoughts about these events? Yes, Gladys. Well, I don't know if you've ever been apart from somebody you, you love very much. Mm. I mean, Joseph was uh, very young when he was taken and Benjamin was even younger. So it has been a long, long time that he hasn't seen his brother and he didn't even know if he was alive. So I can only imagine the emotions that were going inside of him just to see his own brother that was, you know, mother and father. They were the same from mother and father. So mm -hmm. it was a strong connection between the two of them. Mm -hmm. and, and the emotions were overwhelming to him. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like it was very overwhelming, right? And uh, also we see that then they meet again, but the story continues. And, he, and then um, Joseph is going to test once again his family, right, Jason? <laughs> so maybe if you could turn to us to Genesis 44, verses 1 and 2. Let's, let's read something about this second test. New King James says in Genesis chapter 44, verses 1 and 2, and he commanded the steward of his house, saying, Fill the men's sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack, and put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest, and his grain money. So he did, according to the word that Joseph had spoken. Mm. <laughs> so why do you think that Joseph is testing his brothers again? Is there any apparent reason here? Mm. <laughs> yes, Billy. Um, I'm guessing, well, you know, the first method of, I guess, you know, um, capturing somebody home brought Benjamin to, to Egypt. So maybe he was thinking, well, if it worked for Benjamin, maybe it's going to work for my dad. Um, so I think maybe he was being strategic about it. Uh, was it the best method? I, I don't think so. Um, because I, I think the brothers are going through mental anguish, right? <laughs> what's happening. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he could have chosen a, a better uh, method because the brothers were in anguish right now. Yes, let's see how this story follows. Then maybe, John, if you could read for us, we are going to read Genesis 44, 3 uh, to 13, to learn how is it that this test uh, unveils. Genesis 44, verses 3 to 13 from the English Standard Version says, As soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away with their donkeys. They had gone only a short distance from the city. Now Joseph said to his steward, Up, follow after the men, and when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you repaid evil for good? Is it not from this that my Lord drinks? And by this he practices uh, divination? 
you have done evil in doing this. When he overtook them, he spoke to them these words. They said unto him, Why does my Lord speak such words as these? Far be it from your servants to do such a thing. Behold, the money that we found in the mouths of your own of our sacks we brought back to you from the land of Canaan. How then could we steal silver or gold from your Lord's house? Whichever of your servants is found with it shall die, and we also will be my Lord's servants. Mm -hmm. He said, Let it be as you say. He who is found with it shall be my servant, and the rest of you shall be innocent. Mm -hmm. Then each man quickly lowered his sack to the ground, and each man opened his sack, and he searched, beginning with the eldest and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Yeah. Then they tore their clothes, and every man loaded his donkey, and they returned to the city. Wow, what a new turn in the story, right? So how is it that the brothers are going to respond to that? Yes, Gladys. Well, they, they, were, they had given their word to their father that they were going to bring Benjamin back. And I think Joseph wanted to see how much they have respect for the word and also for Benjamin, the life, for the respect of life. Because remember that they were merciless to Joseph. They didn't care how much he cried when he, when he was pleading for his life. And now he, they wanted to see if their reaction will be the same with Benjamin, who was his brother. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you so much, Travis. Um, when that cup was found in Benjamin's sack, they could have continued to their father and left Benjamin there. Or, but I believe that they did the right thing. They turned around and uh, when they turned around, it showed in their heart that uh, they cared more for their brother uh, than they did with Joseph uh, when he was in the pit. Hmm. Yes, Nancy. Mm -hmm. But in verse um, 9, we had read that they said, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, they said, With whomever of your servants it is found, let him die, and we also will be my Lord's slaves. Mm -hmm. So, um, because I, I had initially thought that, oh, this would have been a, a great way of them to get rid of their little brother if they still had that hate in their heart for the sons of Rachel, but they had also incriminated mm -hmm. But as Travis pointed out, Nancy, uh, the, the uh, steward says, you'll be blameless. Yeah. So. So oh, they, they have a yeah. choice at that point yeah, because right. it seems like all of the blame is going to be placed on Benjamin. Yeah. But they're still tearing their ropes. Yeah. And yeah. I'm so happy to get to chapter 45. <laughs> exactly. I, I think like Billy said, they've been through enough anguish, but they are demonstrating, even though they're still damaged and mm -hmm. grieving and feeling guilty, that something has changed. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And, and that's encouraging for us. It is, it is, praise <laughs> God. Wrong hearts, right? Exactly, yeah. so much. And as we are turning also, continuing the story, if Stephanie, if you could read for us uh, chapter 40, 45, verses one to three, and we are going to see how the story continues. <laughs> and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. Hmm. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Hmm. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Hmm. Does my father still live? Hmm. But his brothers could not answer him 
for they were dismayed in his presence. Mm. Wow. So finally, Joseph revealed himself mm. to his brothers. So he waited until this that very last moment. He saw the siblings that were fighting around that story with Benjamin. They, they knew they had to bring his brother back to the father. And then eventually, Joseph, he could no longer conceal his identity. Mm. And he opens up. He has Gladys. I think that for Joseph was very important to see Judah come out mm. to the rescue. Because mm. if we, when we read before about Judah was the one who said, hey, let's sell him. Mm-hmm. You know, so Judah was the one who initiated the whole slavery thing. So for him to say, you know, taking the place and just coming forward and say, you know, just take me. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you do to the others, but just take me. Mm-hmm. To him, that was just too much to bear. Yes, Mr. Derek. Well, I I want to correct something I said earlier, because I said he'd experienced healing. But when you cry so loud (laughs) that the Egyptians in some other room or building can hear, Mm. it's almost like a dam has broken. So I think there is, in his extending grace to his brothers, there is a newer or deeper level of healing. Amen. Because, I mean, do you ever hear someone cry that loud? It's like all the things that have not yet been released. Mm-hmm. The dam breaks, mm-hmm. and of course his brothers are still terrified yes, because they right. don't know what he'll do. Yes, mm-hmm. that's so true. Yes, Billy. Yeah, and maybe that, that's a shameless plug for, you know, if you are if you have past trauma, don't wait till the last minute to address it. Mm-hmm. Like, there are steps you can take to, for that healing process. Sometimes we assume that, that something happened in the past, so I don't need to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're faced with, you know, people who, who traumatize you and then the whole dam broke. So I think it's very important to pursue uh, uh, ways to, you know, continue addressing, I say, past traumas and find ways to heal from them instead of Amen. waiting till the last minute. Amen. And how is it that the brothers, they, they react to this revelation, Puya? How this, the, did the siblings react to Joseph's uh, revelation? Well, if we if we continue reading the story, we find that they were surprised and at the same time they were afraid. Mm-hmm. They were afraid that Joseph would take revenge on them, right? Because they remember what they did to him. So I believe that's uh, that's that's how the story continued to unfold. Mm-hmm. Would you please read for us then Genesis forty-five from verses four to thirteen? Because we are going to find out how is it that Joseph extends grace to his siblings. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Genesis 45, verse 4 to 13. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourself, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me, and you and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds, and all that you have 
There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there are still five years of famine. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Wow, what a testimony of grace and mercy mm -hmm. from Joseph, right? Mm -hmm. So much virtue we see here in his character. What a person that was able to bear with all those struggles and challenges that we've been studying since our last lesson. And now we see him just opening up in grace, just like God does for us, right, Pastor Derek? Yeah. What are your thoughts? How do you feel about this testimony that we have here from Joseph? I want to hear verses 14 and 15. Go ahead, Pastor <laughs> I, Derek. I don't know if I can read it or maybe John could read it yes. for us. But, but it's a beautiful resolution to the story. Yes. Um, and, and it's here in Scripture for us, too. Amen. To learn, like Billy said, how we can experience healing in relationships. So, John, how does this story end then? Verse 14 and 15. Uh, verses 14 and 15 of chapter 45 from the English Standard Version. It tells, Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. Mm. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. After that, his brothers talked with him. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much. Let's live our life with grace in our hearts. Let's Amen. extend goodness to others and make sure that even when we suffer, that we are not going to transfer to others the pain and the hurt, but we are going to extend grace just that, as God does for us. Right, Amen. Pastor Derek? Thank you Amen. so much. Well, what a story. And I'm so thankful that it says he not only kissed his brother Benjamin, but he kissed all of his brothers yes. because God's grace is available to each one. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for this beautiful study. And thank you that through the adversity of Joseph's life, he chose to hold on to you, Lord God. And thank you for the beautiful resolution. Some of us are struggling. May we see that you can also bring healing and blessing in our lives too. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. What an amazing journey. Accept the healing God can give and go out and be a blessing to those around you.